Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsoring partner, the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. I'm so excited that CBME has now partnered with Fund to Foundation in support of their Intern X program. If you're not familiar, Intern X is an ambitious new initiative that's looking to match 10,000 skilled young adults nationwide with quality internship opportunities by the year 2020. So here's what's up. We need your help. We need you to share the word about this awesome new internship opportunity for young adults. If you're interested in learning more, you want to register, I want you to go over to bit.ly slash CBMA InternX. Again, that's bit.ly slash CBMA InternX. I want you to go ahead and click on the link there to register. And be sure to type or select the Campaign for Black Male Achievement as the affiliate organization that referred you. Let's go ahead and get our young folk registered today so they can begin to gain access to the benefits of this awesome program. You're listening to the Trailblazers.fm podcast, where we'll explore the stories of today's successful Black professionals, entrepreneurs, and leaders. Join us to access the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished professionals and come away with the know-how, confidence, and motivation you'll need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen A. Hart. Hey, Blazer Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Trailblazers.fm podcast. We've got another amazing new episode for you today. Our featured Trailblazer is Maya French. Maya is a co-founder of Koya, protein-packed, 100% plant-based beverage that uses natural ingredients to deliver deliciously nutritious flavors. Maya struggled with food-based allergies, such as being lactose intolerant her whole life until she discovered the benefits of plant-based proteins when her college friend, a now co-founder, Dustin Baker, was testing out recipes in his Chicago kitchen. And at that moment, Maya shared that she realized her calling was to create a functional product that would contribute to providing consumers with a healthier lifestyle. Her only experience really was in journalism and fashion retail, so Maya took a leap of faith into an unknown territory to follow her dreams. I'm partner with Dustin to launch Koya. She's gone on now to launch Koya nationally. They're in Whole Foods markets, in thousands of stores, and recently she was recognized in Forbes 30 Under 30. So we're in for a treat from a young, amazing trailblazer. Heads up, we had some unusual audio issues, which I now think were on my end. You might not hear much of that, but I share that to let you know that I had a little bit of a scatterbrain on my side. I was kind of concerned trying to troubleshoot while this conversation was happening. And so my thoughts in parts of this were all over the place, but great news. I think despite the frustrations with tech, (laughs) which us podcasters often have, I think we still did a good job at extracting a pretty amazing story. And Maya's going to drop some black girl magic on you guys because she's just young, smart, and dope. And this young entrepreneur is crushing it. So do me a favor. I want you to snap a screenshot right now of your podcast player. I want you to share this episode, share Maya's story up in your IG stories, Facebook stories, Twitter, wherever. If you're on WhatsApp, share it with five people. Point them to tbpod.com. Tell them to listen to an episode of trailblazers.fm today. Whoever's up for that challenge, make sure you tag me at Stephen A. Hart or at tbpod. So I'll see it. And I might just happen to give you a big shout out in our next episode if you are one of the people to take me up on that challenge. So let's get set to receive today's mission field from our featured trailblazer today, Maya French. 
welcome to trailblazers.fm. So good to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Really excited. Truly an honor to have you on the show. We start every conversation off from a place of gratitude. So I'd love to pick your brain on an unexpected blessing or opportunity that you're most grateful for in your life right now. Hmm. Unexpected blessing that I just received opportunities for speaking. So a keynote at one of our major trade shows in the industry. So that and also invited to speak at my high school, which I don't think I'll get time to do, but that was very heartwarming. So I'm very That is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And and not for nothing. I mean big ups on the Forbes thirty on the thirty. Thank you. Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. The opportunities that come after that. So you're probably the second or third Forbes 30 person we've had on, and it's pretty amazing to kind of see the trajectory for people after, years after, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's so crazy. I think like the first, it came out in November, so the first two months is very slow because everyone's really focused on the holiday, but as soon as the new year hit, that's when you started seeing, up. yeah, the press mentions and the attention, and it's like, oh, okay, wow, <laughs> wasn't ready <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let me ask you, you're in LA. Are you an LA girl? Is that your roots? Nope. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Nice. There. So we moved here three years ago. How are you liking the LA life? I love it. I'm, I'm outside. It's probably snowing in Chicago right now. <laughs> so. It was this weekend. I actually had to travel through there for a couple of days. Yeah. It's like they're ready for Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Tell me about life growing up in Chicago. What comes to mind? So I grew up first. I like my early childhood was in Oak Park. It was in the suburbs. And then around sixth, seventh grade, I moved back to the south side of Chicago with my mom and my little sister. And it was a complete culture shock (laughs) for me just because everything was different from, you know, the neighborhood, the resources, the educational system. So it was really hard for me to adjust and then also, you know, trying to fit in to the crowd. And we lived in what I would call like a food desert. So like the nearest grocery store, you definitely had to drive to get there. So, you know, your only resort would be to order in like fast food all the time. And yeah, it was just something, an environment that I now appreciate. But back then, I just wanted to get out as soon as possible (laughs) and grow just because I had seen the other side. And it was just always, for me, like you're watching a movie and it's that journey to get back home. So for me, it was like the journey to get back into like a middle class life. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. So Fast Track, you have this company. I'd love for us to talk about Koya. Um, And tell us about Koya and what's driving you in this business today. You know, going back to like our overall mission is to bring plant-based nutrition or just, you know, healthy nutrition to the masses because, you know, I did have experience growing up in in the food desert and not having access to a lot of healthier foods or even, you know, being able to afford it. So having a product be more affordable and available in these, what you would call food deserts by having like available in Walmarts and Targets and 7-Elevens. So that's our overall goal with the company. Maybe bring me back a little bit because you got taught a little bit. Talk to me about who and how you came up with the idea. So I met my partner, Dustin Baker, 
around like 2012-2013 and so like the middle of 2013 he was working on a juice company and I was very intrigued by what he was doing at first they were him and his previous partners were going to bid out juice bars at different grocery stores but you know things change he ended up leaving that partnership and was on his own and needed some help and we were like oh well, we should just do a ready to drink like juice because juice is on trend now But, you know, going into that, we had a lot of struggle just with the cost of the ingredients and the labor that went into creating cold-pressed juice. And also, like, the market was becoming super oversaturated. We were seeing grocery stores placing their own juices next to ours at a lower price. So just seeing that and being able to, like, quickly go back to the drawing board and, you know, look at some other opportunities in the market, you know, we were getting really into our health around this time. So we were like, why not create a protein drink? Mm. And I'm lactose intolerant. So that was the inspiration behind creating a plant-based protein drink because it was very low allergen. Uh, we used almond milk as a base and it was just like a cleaner, better for you option. And I would say ignorance is bliss because we're like, well, why aren't people selling what you would make at home? You know what you do? You like pour the milk and a little protein in it and blend it and that's it. So that's what we did. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and it started selling like crazy. So we knew that we were onto something and decided to just expand the line. That is awesome. That is awesome. So I was going to ask why you and why no, but it's interesting kind of how that played out. When the prior idea you shared just a second ago that the stores were putting their own products on the shelves at a lower price, right? Mm -hmm. Was that, and you made that sound so smooth and transition to what worked, right? Yeah. Talk me through that valley. Was that darker than it really sounded? Was that a challenging period? Oh, yeah. It's scary. And yeah. it, it's like that. I think a lot of people deal with this too, like wanting to stick to what you know and what seems to be working and like, oh, yeah, we'll ride the wave. But you kind of have to be smart and look ahead to the future. And if you see things like that happening, like know to just take a risk and quickly pivot a new unknown territory, which is what we did. And because we did it, we were successful. Like we could have easily kept on with juice and, you know, saw that other people were coming out with more products and then get knocked off the shelf. And then our business is completely over. So Maya, let me ask you this. Let me take you two steps back really quickly. Did you go to school for business? No, I went to school for journalism. You went to school for journalism. Was Dustin a business major? Yes, he was a business major. He, I'm just curious. I'm trying to figure out, you know, like, where did you pick up your business wisdom and knowledge? I hear you. Now you have the knowledge of having to pivot, but did that come natural? How did you know that, I you was, know? I was the one that was reluctant to pivot. <laughs> really? He, he, yeah, he was like, uh, let's, you know, let's do this and we'll keep the juice around for a, a minute, but we'll phase it out. And I just wanted to keep both products. I was really? okay with creating a line extension, but I didn't want to completely give away like what we had. So he had a painting company before he went on to like the juice idea. So, and then also went to school at IU for business. So mm. he definitely has a background and, you know, was able to kind of do all the back end, like setting up the LLC and et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, mastermind behind all of these formulas. And I was able to help out on the operations and really, you know, be like a feet on the street and managing like all of the, you know, operations part and also helping out with the formulation 
is really good for both of us, you know, to know what's going into the product and you can speak to the product and make adjustments and bring him down to earth when he's got some crazy, crazy ideas. So yeah, yeah it's just a perfect business marriage. <laughs> it sounds like you guys bootstrapped, right? It sounds like you funded a business on your own. Is that right? Yeah, for as long as we could. So we did a crowdfunding through Kickstarter where we raised eight grand from family and friends. And then the money that we were getting from selling in the stores, we started selling like almost immediately. We were just putting right back into the business. We didn't pay ourselves for a while. I actually quit my job first. I was working in retail. And then when we were able to, you know, produce more product, make more money, he was able to quit his job, which was a very good job, medical sales. Wow. <laughs> so that was a huge risk for him, a little less of a risk for me. Yeah. But we knew that this was something that was gaining momentum and we felt very passionate about it and wanted to go all in. Got it. Got it. Any tips that you'd have to share with someone giving thought to bootstrapping? Is there a right way to do that? I'm very envious all the time when I hear stories of people that have used bank loans to fund their business early stage. So I say mm-hmm. bootstrap as much as possible, get bank loans. You know, if you have a good product, like do the bank loans and pay it back as you need. Or, you know, they have funding for different like ingredients and supplies and, you know, get money from family and friends. Maybe they're a little more forgiving if you can't pay them back right away right. versus, you know, some large investors. And, you know, when you get to the point where you absolutely have to scale, I think that's the best time to start raising funds. Gotcha. Gotcha. So talk to me about, so because you're technically in, in the category of a vegan food business, correct? Yep, that's true. So what are some of the unique challenges specific to being in the vegan food business? So we're always like, you know, talking about, should we, yes, we're a plant-based product, but we want to market it to, everyone who's not even plant-based is more of like a flexitarian lifestyle so it's been a little easier now with this shift in the consumer's mind to like how they think about you know plant-based products but the challenge is that most people perceive plant-based as something that tastes like dirt and our product is actually the exact opposite of that it it tastes amazing like you can't even believe that it's only four grams of sugar you can't believe that it's all plant-based ingredients so if there's an education around that. There's you have to get people, you know, to try it. But the shift is happening. But we don't like slap vegan on the front of the product because we know that the masses they still perceive that as something that won't taste as good, but it will be good for you. And we mm. want to be both. <laughs> That's awesome. That's interesting. All your packaging and branding as it relates to setting up the business. Was it? I'm still trying to understand if there's any challenges, unique challenges you had navigating the laws and permits for starting this type of business oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) just so we started out like i said in our apartment kitchen and we had to move to a shared kitchen and when we did that we had both having no food science background we were like well how the heck we're gonna pass the test for the fda like the state and like something for the country nationally so we hired a friend of ours who we know was going to school for nutrition and we had her like kind of be the front man and walk us through all the steps so Mm -hmm. i think that goes back into 
finding someone who knows what they're doing so they can debrief you, but also like do a bulk of the work. So you have like a general understanding, but if you need to get it done as fast as possible, that's the best route is just like pulling together some cash and finding a student, a student that knows what they're doing, but isn't going to be that expensive and saying like, Hey, you can use this and put it on your resume. And you know, also that's even better for you. Right, right, right. So did you at any point have to like write a business plan? Yeah. And have you had to raise money since? Yeah, because beverage is super expensive, which we learned later. So we, this is a funny story. We received an email one day. This is when we were probably already in about, I don't know, 20 stores. And we had this really big account. And this girl says, I want to give you $100,000. And anyone sends an email like that. (laughs) That's a joke, <laughs> but let's explore it. <laughs> so we, you know, spoke to her. She's like, okay, I need like a, you know, a business plan, a complete deck to present to my father, like before we make this investment. So again, went to our resources. We had a friend we, we brought on at this time to help out with sales and he had a really big finance background. So he jumped in right away, helped us put together, you know, a comprehensive plan. And it worked. <laughs> we got the hundred thousand. <laughs> so again, like using your resources and people wow. who know best and plugging them into what you need at that time. Right, 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 right. That is pretty awesome. So bring you back to is Dustin the only business partner that you have? So Dustin and I were the partners plus the third guy up until about 2016. So the other guy, he ended up leaving and going to a different company just because it wasn't a right fit at the stage we were at. And we ended up hiring a CEO and bringing him on as our third partner because we just got the National Whole Foods deal. And you're literally going from 40 to 400 counts overnight. And we needed to raise a lot of money very fast. And that we needed to basically have adult supervision and somebody who could come on board and, and, you know, build out a team. So this guy, he is the, he found it for Loco. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but very, very, very large, like a hundred million dollar company, alcoholic beverage, really popular back around like 2008. (laughs) So he was going through a lifestyle change and, you know, his wife's a nutritionist and kids live a very healthy lifestyle. And he's like, you know, maybe alcoholic space isn't the best fit for me going forward. So, you know, we brought him on as a co-founder and it's probably the best decision we've ever made. Wow. Wow. Let me ask you about prior to like, what is Dustin somebody you grew up with? Like, how did that relationship come to be? So I met Dustin through mutual friends. So funny. I worked in retail at Zara and like, I was really, really good friends with his now ex-girlfriend. So I met him through her. <laughs> and then, <That's> yeah. <laughs> and we just like, you know, we continued our friendship and we ended up living like, I think a block from each other. So nice. I would always like, me and some other friends would always, you know, come around and hang out and he had all these business books. So I was naturally very intrigued by that. He like, let me borrow a couple. So he knew that I had the interest. And so when he was working on the juice and I was snooping around again, <laughs> he's like, you know, come on, help out. I'm like, sure. Wow. And grew from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So obviously things don't always go in that straight line, right? So like what sacrifices have you guys have to make 
along this journey to rise to kind of where you are right now to where you just um, mentioned like a whole foods contract yeah i mean like as far as like quitting our jobs like he had a really great paying job he had to quit right. and do that like prior to that whole foods deal we had we were doing self-manufacturing and self-distribution so we had two drivers two delivery drivers we had a team of like eight ladies who were producing the product every weekend and we had to shut down our operations right before Christmas. And that was a huge sacrifice because basically all these people that, you know, relied on us as probably like a main source of income, we now have to let go around mm-hmm. the holidays, which is the time when you most need the money. So that was tough, but you know, everybody's in a good place now. We were able to find, you know, them other jobs and kind of move away and feel good about it. And then another sacrifice is I personally thought that I'd lived in Chicago my entire life. So when we got the Whole Foods deal, our co-packer that we found was actually out in California. So that meant that we had to pick up everything and just move. So it was very unplanned. And it was just something you just had to take a leap of faith and go all in. So I just, you know, picked up my life and moved it to LA and haven't looked back ever since. Wow. Yeah. A lot of sacrifice goes into business. You're basically cleaning up your life. Warmer climate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like 28 too. So I had to give up most of my uh, fun 20s too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Share some gems with other aspiring entrepreneurs who are giving thoughts of going in business. What would your thoughts be to them? Words of inspiration. I always say it's good to have partners, people on board on your team who have strengths that are your weaknesses. Right. I'd also say, you know, believe in your product or service. Make sure that it's solving an issue. And because if those two boxes aren't checked, then how is anybody else going to believe in your product or want to invest in you? Yes. Wisdom, um, right? right yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, those are, for me, like, those are the two major things. And, like, don't be afraid to take logical risk. <laughs> I love that, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. All right. So Blaze Nation, they love to hear the resources of our guests. So I'd love to pick your brain on any books that you've read or you're maybe reading that we should add to our summer reading list. Yeah, I'm reading to Becoming by Michelle Obama. I know, so cliche. Love it. <laughs> love that book. She's yes. Amazing. And I, I really resonate with her because, you know, we're from the, we're the same block, actually, in Chicago. Really? Wow. Yeah. So just seeing someone that's so humble and normal achieve something so great can be very inspiring for the readers. And then another one that's, you know, a great book to help you kind of shape your mindset going into life and business is Think and Grow Rich. I'm also reading that. And then as far as like one of my all-time favorites is when it comes to like prioritizing your life and <laughs> being efficient is the four-hour work week. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All good books. That's yeah. nice. So yeah, those are my recommendations. So last question for you. What's one action that our Blazonation should take this week that's going to help them to blaze their trail? Hmm, one action. I would say... Don't be afraid to ask questions. Go out and ask questions for whatever you want. Find that resource and take that leap. 
I think a lot of people are afraid to look vulnerable. So be vulnerable. <laughs> yes, yes. Maya French, thank you so much. Tell our listeners how we can stay connected to you. Definitely. So first and foremost, my brand, Koya, K-O-I-A. It's available in over 5,000 stores nationwide, mostly like Whole Foods. You can find us in some Walmarts and Targets and Publix down south. Our website is www.drink, like you drink a beverage, and Koya is K-O-I-A dot com. Instagram, drink Koya. And my personal Instagram is Maya J French, which is my full name. So M-A-Y-A-J and French like the language. Love it. Love it. Maya, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And this is a great opportunity. I love the conversation. I'm Steve Nehart, and you've been listening to the Trailblazers.fm podcast. If you're not yet doing so, consider following Trailblazers.fm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and feel free to connect with me over on LinkedIn. Whenever you're posting stories or social media posts about Trailblazers.fm, be sure to use the hashtag TBPod and hashtag MissionFuel. We'll be able to see you, and I'll be able to show some love. And in case you're not aware, our show notes for all our episodes can be found on our website over at tbpod.com. Now, if today was your first time listening, I just want to say big ups, enough respect for checking us out. You've made this Jamaican guy really happy that you're here with us today. And I'd love your help with keeping this black excellence flowing each and every week. So if you haven't yet subscribed, hop on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search trailblazers.fm and subscribe, rate, and review us there. Be sure to browse through some of our past episodes. There are more than 150 published episodes now. And a little something is out there for everyone to help keep the knowledge flowing. We grow when you, as part of our Blazer Nation community, shares and invites your friends and family to listen to an episode you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories are going to be moved to make significant changes that have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern. Blazer Nation, go out today and find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. <laughs>